Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Hey guys, this is Russ, and this is the Overlook Podcast. Today, we're talking about the disappearance of Larissa Longhill. Larissa Longhill is a Native American woman missing from Pine Ridge Reservations in South Dakota. Her family described her as a fun and caring girl with a beautiful smile. Larissa is a mother, a sister, a daughter, a friend, and so much more. She was a sixth child out of eight children and a mother to a two-year-old girl when she disappeared. Now, at the time of her disappearance, she was struggling a little bit with her finances and dealing with a substance abuse problem. Her daughter was living with her father at the time, but it's reported that she was actually heavily involved in her daughter's life, even hitchhiking her way to see her daughter when she couldn't find transportation. On October 2nd, 2016, Larissa was seen physically by her mother. They were talking about a quarrel she had gotten into with her sister a few weeks before. See, Larissa used to live with her sister. However, they got into a little argument. Her sister asked her to leave. Her mother recalls telling her to just not do whatever it was that she did to upset her sister again. Before leaving, Larissa told her that she was running to the Rushmore Mall with her friend and her boyfriend. And that was the family's last physical sighting of her. The next day, on October 3rd, Larissa texts a cousin to say that she was going to hang out with two male friends for Prime Ridge. They were supposed to be going to a party. But her boyfriend, he was actually with her that morning of October 3rd. And he says that she was at his house when two males came to pick her up. He thought one of the males was a family member. In fact, he thought that was her cousin because that's how she introduced them. But family would later confirm that they didn't know who this man was and he was not related to her. But at the time, he didn't know that. And so he thought nothing of her going off with these two men. But... As days grew on, he became concerned because she hadn't came back, nor had she talked to him. Her boyfriend would then go to tell her brother that, hey, I'm concerned. I haven't heard from her for a while. I don't know where she is. Her brother would then go on to file a missing persons report. Now, what exactly was done after a missing person report was filed is unfortunately not really known. For one, Larissa's case wasn't that well covered, especially when it initially had. And even though later you'll be able to find a couple articles on her case, you don't really find a lot of details. You find a lot of talk about Native women missing in general, which is good information that we need. However, details about what has been done in her case, yeah, you won't really find that. From what I've seen online from what family has said, it does feel like police, they kind of dragged their feet a little when it came to starting this case. But somewhere along the line, they did start taking it seriously. And it does appear they found some information, some clues, and maybe got some witnesses, but they've been very tight-lipped about what they found. In an interview with Rapid City Journal, one of Larissa's sisters told the newspaper that one of the men that picked Larissa up said that he dropped her off at a party. The other man, he completely denied even seeing Larissa that day. Her sister, Piper, goes on to states that she believes that the relationship between Larissa and these two men involved drugs based on some text messages that she saw. And this sister, Piper, 
See, this is a sister that Larissa had actually gotten a quarrel with a few weeks before she disappeared. Now, in this newspaper article, what I found out is that Piper let Larissa stay in her home to try to get herself together. But their last disagreement was over another sibling finding Larissa smoking meth in Piper's bathroom. And see, in the home, it wasn't just Piper and Larissa. Piper also had her children living with her in that home. Piper had to ask Larissa to leave as it did not appear she was working on her sobriety. Piper went on to tell Rapid City Journal that she doesn't regret her decision to ask Larissa to leave at all. She says that, look, Larissa, she was a wonderful mother, a wonderful sister and aunt, and she did great with helping her around the house and helping her with the kids, but she struggled with substance abuse and she needed help. She needed to get treatment. Now, since Larissa's disappearance, her family has reported that they received various tips about where she was or what may have happened to her. One tip came in from a man who it felt like just was trying to extort the family. He was saying that Larissa was in Florida and they just needed to send him $500 and he would bring Larissa back. Another tip came from someone who said they were a psychic and they said that Larissa was dead and buried underneath some rocks in a quarry. As I mentioned earlier, police appear to have gotten some tips too, but they've been very hush-hush on the details of Larissa's case. And as I mentioned earlier, the family felt like the police initially dragged their foot on this case. They got the typical Marissa is a dog. She could have just walked away from her life. And then there was also the fact that Larissa had a history of drug abuse. And as I've talked about plenty of times on this show, when an adult goes missing and there's no major signs of a struggle, one, just that alone can make it hard for police to act with urgency. But when you add the fact that the person has either a known substance abuse issue or a known mental ailment, it's like giving the case a double shot of, oh, well, let's just wait it out. Ah, you know, I'm sure you guys are worried, but let's just see if they show back up. And unfortunately, these are cases that we've seen forgotten all too often. And they typically don't get a lot of press. There's no denying that the media struggles to humanize those who struggle with substance abuse problems or mental ailments. See, A lot of times the media, they want to give audience a quote unquote worthy victim, a victim that make people feel sympathetic, a victim that make people go, oh no, poor girl, I wonder what happened. And a lot of times the media assumes, well, if they have a mental ailment or substance abuse, people won't care. Or the media decides for us that, I mean, we know what happens. They're on a bench or, well, They got mixed up with the wrong crowd and that is their fault. You get a lot of victim blaming instead of help. Now, one thing I will say is that I did not victim blaming in this case when it came to the reporting, but also I didn't find a lot of sources reporting on it or reporting on it after her initial disappearance, which is a whole other issue because while I appreciate those journalists and those newspapers for reporting it, The fact of the matter is, they're only reaching their readers and their reader base is limited. But oftentimes when a family's loved one has gone missing and the media hears that they struggle with substance abuse or they have a criminal record, 
even when it's for petty crime, something non-violent, it just seems like they don't care to get the story out as much. Another thing that many believe slowed down the movement of this case was that Marissa was a native woman missing from a reservation. And look, I've talked about this several times. The numbers for native women missing in North America are astounding. And yet we barely hear about these women in these cases. And unfortunately, a lot of reservation, they just don't have the resources and manpower to do the type of investigation that some of these cases need. And a lot of these women's stories and cases fall through the cracks and family goes years and years with never even getting an update on their loved one's case. In an article on lastrealindians.com, Larissa's aunt penned a post speaking on both Larissa's disappearance, but also the disappearance of Native women in general. Her article is titled, When MMIW Becomes More Than a Hashtag, by Dana Lone Hill. Larissa's aunt Dana talks about the history of Native women being kidnapped, raped, and murdered, stretching back to the days of Columbus. In her post, she talks about how Native women's traumas are spun into Disney movies to be romanticized by little girls worldwide. Her aunt emphasizes the statistics that show that Native women experience violence at a 10 times higher rate than the national average. In this posting, her aunt quotes Senator Heidi Heitkamp of North Dakota, who introduced the Savannah's Act to address the crisis of Native American missing and murdered women. When she introduced this act, she is quoted saying, you can't address a problem you don't acknowledge you have. And she's exactly right. How can we address the issue of Native women being, being one of the smallest populations in America, yet experiencing violence beyond measure more than any other group? How do we address this problem if we don't say their names? if we don't tell their stories or act as if we don't care. And this is the growing issue when it comes to missing or murdered Native women. The hashtag may have grown. How many of their stories are being covered on a consistent basis? How much resources are actually being put into finding these women, into cracking these cold cases, into trying to give these families answers? Now, in Dana's posting, she talks about how an investigation really didn't start until about a month into Larissa's disappearance. Like we assume at some point, police did interview witnesses. They did get some information, but we don't know exactly what they got. It does appear they did get the same info that Larissa's sister has told the press, which is that there was two guys. One says he dropped her off at a party. The other one says, nobody even see her that day at all. But as of yet, neither one of these men have been named a suspect or a person of interest. Now, in 2017, police did offer a $5,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of anybody involved in Larissa's disappearance. However, Without giving much detail, this reward offering change. Police were now offering $5,000 to anyone that could help locate Larissa's body. Though they kept this case filed under a missing persons case, police have made it clear that they believe that Larissa was dead. 
in a 2018 article titled Rapid City Police Offering $5,000 Rewards to Find Women Missing Presumed Dead. Captain James John said that detectives believe that she was deceased and that her body may have been disposed within a hundred mile radius of Rapid City. Police have declined to say how they came to this conclusion, explaining that they did not want suspects to know what information they had or what information they did not have. And we understand that sometimes to preserve the integrity of a case that unfortunately police do have to do this. However, with this case, it just stings a bit because for family, it went from the police not really following up with them at all to them randomly popping up and saying, yeah, so we believe she's dead. And now we're looking for her body with not a lot of information of how they even got there. But it does appear that they may have something that is pretty damning to have them make this statement to the public. In 2020, John Olson, the Rapid City Police Department's Captain of Criminal Investigation Division, is quoted saying, this is the first time we relax stipulations needed to obtain community reward fund monies. Our hope is that by doing so, we can make it easier for anyone with information to come forward to aid us in the investigation. It's been three years since Larissa's disappearance and we're working as hard as we can to bring closure to her loved ones. This left many people believing that, okay, they must have something if this is the first time they've been able to relax those stipulations to even make a reward such as that. This hasn't necessarily given loved ones hope or dismay either way because they're still there left without answers from anyone. Now, Larissa's family, they do have a Facebook. It's called Searching for Larissa Lone Hill where they post updates on the case and they keep her name and her story alive. Now, while I could find blog postings that pretty much give you what I'm giving you, they're quoting news articles and so forth, but in regards to like forums where people are discussing the case, you really don't see a lot of heavy discussion. And I think that's because we don't have a lot of information. However, in April of 2019, on the family's Facebook page dedicated to finding Larissa, they made a very interesting post. They posted some documents that one of Larissa's brothers found in her room. So apparently Larissa was arrested in 2016. It doesn't appear that the family knew about this arrest. This was just three months before she disappeared. In the papers, it stated that she was set for a criminal motion hearing for a motion to reduce her bond on July 20th, 2016 at 8.30 a.m. But here's the even more fascinating part. In that paperwork, it showed that two men have bonded her out. In fact, the paperwork contained a copy of these two men's IDs. And here's the thing, the family has no idea who these two men are or why they have bonded her out. It's not even clear if we know why she was arrested. And in that paperwork, it said that a bench trial was set to begin December 14, 2016 at 10 a.m. But Larissa never made it to that trial as she disappeared in October. Again, three months after she was bonded out. Now, my family, they posted these pictures of the men in the court documents, hoping that someone could give them some clues or 
tips or information if they knew anything about this or if they knew who these two men were. And in the comments, some people claimed that they knew at least one of these men or they knew of them or saw them around. So some people allege that one of the men was a trafficker or involved in sex trade in one way or another. A few mentioned they seen him around Rapid City and one even said that he stayed not too far away from their mother. Now, some commenters made posts saying, hey, please give this to the police or I hope the police got this. However, we don't really know what the police have. My hypothesis is they do know about this and this might be related to why they moved the case into searching for a missing person to searching for a possible body. Now, I want to be clear, it is not clear if these two men were the last two men she was seen with by her boyfriend or not. In that posting on Facebook, family just asks, hey, does anybody know who these two guys are? We just found this. We don't know anything about these two guys. But that's about it. And again, police, they have made no mention about what they're doing, what they know, or anything like that. Now, when it comes to theories about this case, um, there's not really a lot of theories openly discussed. There's just things said like, she was last seen with these two men. We don't know who these two men are. It's believed that these men are involved in drugs. These men are involved with drugs somehow. And then people kind of just dot, dot, dot it away and leave it at that. As of right now, Larissa's missing person case remains open and family still wants answers. In one of the final paragraphs in her Aunt Dana's posting titled, When MMIW Becomes More Than a Hashtag, she states, and I quote, Larissa never had the opportunity to pursue her dreams of becoming a veterinarian or a doctor or ever really leaving the reservations. Perhaps if the chance is that she is found alive, she can still do that and be reunited with her three-year-old daughter and mother. Her mother wakes up every day thinking of her, worrying about her, wanting either an end or a beginning. I ask that if you have any information about Larissa Lone Hill, that you please reach out to the Rapid City Police Department at 605 394 4134 or the Agalasu Tribal Police at 605-867-5111. You can also reach out to the family on Facebook at Searching for Larissa Lone Hill. Now, that is all I have on this case. I ask that you share and head over to the Instagram where I will post pictures of Larissa. You can find my Instagram at the overlook underscore podcast. And I will have a new episode for you on October the 23rd. As always, guys, I ask that you stay safe, you stay vigilant. You hear the sound of my voice with more episodes in two weeks time. Bye. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter.